This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. I am Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, Lance Williams. Sir Lance a lot, as Brian Anthony Davis calls him. How's it going, Lance? What's up? What's happening, everybody, in Steeler land? Hopefully, you know, I'm looking in the, you know, we have a setup when we can see ourselves. So I can see Jeff. He can see me. and We can see each other. And I just wanted to make sure that at least the shadow that you might be looking at in my glasses is not the TV. So I don't want to violate like FCC rules and like provide you guys with bootleg Xfinity or cable. So you guys could be bootlegging and taping the programs through my glasses. So you're probably just seeing average curtains, not bad curtains. (laughs) You say bad at the very appropriate time, Brian Anthony Davis. I get what you're saying. A little play on words there for those that don't understand. Anyways, uh, I will before we get to the topic and the headline of the show, which is based around Minka Fitzpatrick and the Steelers' defense. We haven't really talked about the defense too much, based on the fact that in the off season, most of the needs are falling on the offensive side of the football. I did want to make sure that we, my myself and Lance, not on this show in particular, but we said, make it clear that when we did our show on Sunday, it was reported that the Steelers had hired a new wide receivers coach, Brian McClendon of South Carolina. I made it very clear at the beginning of the show that I said reported. It was not made official by the Steelers. And now news comes out that the Steelers are still interviewing uh, potential candidates for that position, including one Mr. Jericho Cotchery, former Steeler, former New York Jet. 
I don't think that what we said was off base, but I wanted to make that clear that, you know, it may have seemed like we were just up. Oh, here's our new guy. Well, we were going off the reports that were out there. So Lance, what are your thoughts on the Steelers potentially maybe even bringing out Jericho Cotri as the wide receiver coach? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, in this business and, and, and way to put that out there, Jeff and own it for us. I mean, in this business, I mean, you only can go by, I mean, the reports, I mean, credible guys are reporting it. So, you know, we talk about it, but it'd be interesting. Jericho Cotri, former Steeler player, they're familiar with him. The only thing I, only question I have about players as coaches is that I would want to see where they actually coach. And I'm not familiar, and I could be wrong. Has Jericho Cotri coached the wide receiver position in the NFL? Because playing it and coaching it are two vastly different things. You're you're spot on, and I don't have the answer to that question, to be honest with you. Maybe someone in the live chat has that. Um, I know Dave Schofield wrote that article for the site. Um, not sure if he included that. I can't remember... If he did, it was with the Carolina Panthers. I'll put it that way. Because after right, his final right. season in Pittsburgh where he scored, I think, 10 touchdowns that year, he cashed in big time in Carolina. And he was one of those yeah. guys that when he got that deal, you're like, good for you, man, because we can't Steelers can't pay you that, and you're not worth that. But if you're going to get that, go get that bag. You know what I mean? So um, if I think he might have gone into like a coaching-type gig for them, Reed in the live chat says he's been an assistant wide receiver coach in Carolina for three years. So yes, he has okay. had some experience coaching. Um, I don't think it's going to be as raw as say just someone coming off the field or just having Joey experience Porter. playing and not necessarily. Well, Joey had some, he had some coaching experience. I believe, I think he was a Colorado state, his alma mater. I think he was an assistant there. And then he came to Pittsburgh maybe as an assistant. I'm not sure, but I get I get your point, and it's valid. But Jericho Cotri, according to Reed, who is pretty much spot on most of the time in the uh, live chat, that Cotri does have some coaching experience. So, hey, I'm fine with whomever. Um, I, I, I did like the fact that Clendon has some type of background that's maybe a little bit unique in terms of his knowledge of the offense and the running game I did get an email or it might've been a YouTube comment. I can't remember Beth from someone, a listener that was a South Carolina Gamecock fan and did not like McClendon and did not like the hire. And he thought it was bad news for the Steelers. So he has to be happy with the fact that right now there's no guarantee that he is the wide receivers coach. I just don't know what's taken so long, you know, like what do you think, Lance? What, the, what are they it's, waiting it's for? It's a wide receiver coach. I, I don't, I, you know, it, it's one of those things like when you ask, you know, does a government official have as much impact as you think? And most of the time it's actually no. Like they don't really affect your day-to-day -day life. But like wide receiver coach, like, huh? Like, I, I mean, yeah. but I mean, at least for the Steelers with young wide receivers that they need to play well because of their lack of resources in terms of the cap and cap space, that they may not be able to augment that position with a veteran. Um, so you might, so the focus on that position might be a little bit greater, but uh, I mean, I don't know if you could speak to it, Jeff, but I know as a coach, you know, I played baseball for years and I know there was a disconnect between playing and communicating to players. I mean, it's, it's a just so vastly different. So, I'm glad to hear that, you know, he does have some experience um, as a wide receiver coach. I mean, maybe the thing to evaluate his ability would to be 
to look at the young wide receivers um, in Carolina to see how they played. Did they get better? I mean, I'm not familiar with Funches or, you know, any of those other guys in that group, but, um, you know, how were the wide receivers in Carolina? Did they get better? Uh, was he able to get more out of guys um, that weren't as talented? Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's yet to be hired, so we'll see. This is where we are in 2020. Off-season news, Steeler fans are super concerned about the wide receiver. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Coach, diehard fan. I would say something to get excited about might be a good way of putting it. I don't know. We'll see. Might have some technical difficulties going on here. Are we good? Yeah, Lance, you there? I can hear you. All right, very I good. Hear every, I, I, I didn't hear everything me. you said. But okay. I, I, I heard the last part. Well, it's just that here we are in 2020, and, and Steeler fans are just excited about who might be the next wide receiver coach. Like you said, this person is going to be pretty much insignificant, and we're hanging on to – reports and stuff like that but that hey, that's the junkies. nfl i mean we're, we're we're junkies and we're 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 glad to be junkies i mean we you know we have black and gold running through our veins and we need our daily fix and we provide it for you but you know but 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 it is a little bit more important than i wanted to downplay it because i mean we've talked about it probably at nauseum i'm sure my yeah i said it we'll touch back on it again you know this friday the importance of the passing game in the national football league is paramount and the importance of scoring points clearly is, is very important. And, you know, where they have their cap difficulties, we're going to have to see a leap from Deontay Johnson and Juju and James Washington. They're going to have to continue to ascend uh, for this offense to be a good one. And they're going to have to score 25 points plus minimum uh, to be a team that's going to compete for a championship. So it is an important role on the team. No, yeah, you're right. I like what Felicia says. I'll put it on the screen. She said, wake me up when the 90-man roster becomes a 53-man roster. <laughs> Felicia, that's not good for our podcast. We need you to listen. We need you to cling to these words because Mike O'Malley puts it best. We're all we're all definitely junkies and you're our dealers. Thank you very much. We are I'm your dealers. Your man. <laughs> you're my I'm your daddy. I'm the brother and the cat. I'm your pusher man. <laughs> Tough to beat that, but that's a really good segue. Not really. It's just a good breaking point here into our headline of the show, which is about Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, here you have Minka Fitzpatrick. I would say I cannot fathom a scenario, fathom a player that came onto the scene with the Pittsburgh Steelers and made more of an impact and became so beloved by the fan base like that. He is the anti Moncrief. Dante Moncrief <laughs> came onto the scene, fumbled the ball, 
gave up the ball and interceptions by letting it go through his hands and hitting off his helmet, and he was gone. Minka Fitzpatrick was the opposite. They bring him in, and all he is like a football magnet. The first game he plays, forced fumble, interception, and it's like the second coming had come to Pittsburgh. But you know, Jeff, here's, go ahead. Not, not to cut your flow, I almost forgot that they had Dante Moncrief. Wait, like I, I don't forget almost, that. I don't I almost forget, forget that. But but I shouldn't have because <laughs> I coined the name Moncrief, Dante Moncrief. Yes. So, but wow, yes. How many catches did he have? Two, three. I think two. Yeah, because I think he caught. I think he did catch a pass right before he got cut. Because <laughs> I remember tweeting. I remember tweeting. I remember oh. tweeting out, "Holy cow, Dante Moncrief just caught a football." Like that. That was a tweet during a game. So wow. I think he caught two. But so here, here's the question about Minka because no one's complaining about Minka Fitzpatrick in any way, shape, or form. The guy was an All Pro for a reason. He was a Pro Bowler. He's a dynamic player. I will go as far, and Lance, I'll ask you if you agree, as to say he's the most dynamic playmaker, defensive playmaker the Steelers have had since Troy Polamalu. Agree or disagree? I'm going to disagree slightly. No. Well, you, okay. Who are you going with? I'm going with Debo. Wow. Uh, See, that's to me, they're a little bit slightly. different. I see what you're saying. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I get you. Okay. That. So he's up there, though. He's yes, up there yes. with some of the greatest in the last few decades, by far, yes, and after just yes. one season. Well, here's here's the thing that struck me is, and you read the article, you told me that before we went on the air, that he spoke with Brooke Pryor of ESPN. She's a Steelers beat writer for ESPN at the Super Bowl, at Super Bowl 54, and he spoke with her about next season. He wants to do more in the Steelers' defense. He wants to move around more. He wants to be more of the chess guy. I, I picture Troy in my head because that's what Troy did. He, he knew the game so well. He knew their tendencies. He knew down distance. He had tells for specific players and quarterbacks and the everything. It's, it's amazing when you hear him talk and he's spoken a lot recently after being inducted in the hall of fame. The question on the table isn't should he, but does he have to? And I'm referring to Mega Fitzpatrick. Does Mega Fitzpatrick have to do that? Or can he play just his normal free safety position and still be a ridiculous playmaker for the defense? Lance, what are your thoughts? That's an interesting question because his impact on the reduction of deep shots that you give up is, is an incredible value in and of itself. I mean, if teams can't get consistent deep shots against you, you're going to limit scoring. I mean, teams need to get it in chunks. So that alone has a tremendous amount of value. But if they want to increase his value even more, then I think he should be that hybrid chess-type player that moves around a formation, can cover tight ends, can you know kind of be that joker, that guy that you have to account for in different places of your defense. Although I don't want to minimize the impact of minimizing giving up deep shots because that's immense. And I think Dave talked about it, how, you know, post Minka, how essentially the Steelers did not give up deep shots or deep passes at all. And that was critical in their defense being really good. But with that being said, you can kind of scheme away a free safety. I mean, it's great not giving up the deep shots, but you can really take them away from the play 
by the way you situate your offense and you can minimize some of their total value and impact that they could have. So I would love to see them move Minka Fitzpatrick around and be this kind of hybrid chess piece player, sometimes in the box, sometimes blitzing, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, covering tight ends in the slot, just being a vet, even more versatile than I think he already is. And I think you'll see that as he learns the defense more and becomes more comfortable. I think they will use him in a variety of spots. But to do that, they have to trust that somebody can fill his role if they ask him to do something else. So if they you put just him stole in, my thunder, dang it, you I'm just stole sorry. my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> if they ask him to do something else, they better have confidence that the ball won't get thrown over their head. Because if not, they're just going to have him eliminate deep shots, which in and of itself will be extremely valuable. Well, and, and a lot of people in the live chat, and I agree with what everyone's saying, is that the Miami moved him around so much that he wanted out. He said that he was he didn't want to do all that. I think that people are confusing a couple things here. In Miami, they had him playing like the slot cornerback position more than he was a safety. He's saying he doesn't want to play slot cornerback. He wants to be moving around like the chess piece, like the Joker that Lance is referring to. He wants to be that Troy Polamalu type at the safety position, roaming, making the quarterback always saying, where is he? Where is, if he's still 39 next year, we'll assume that. Where is he? Where is he on the field? Because I need to identify where that guy is. It's been a while since the Steelers have had that guy in the secondary. But like you just said, when I draw the comparisons of Minka to Troy Polamalu, Troy Polamalu was Troy Polamalu because of Ryan Clark. Yes. Got, that, and Troy has said that a million times, but you can't understate that. They covered him when he was taking a gamble. And they got burnt a couple times. Anyone that watched those teams knew they got burnt. It wasn't often. But when he took a gamble, they knew what to do. They knew what to, So my question for you, Lance, can Terrell Edmonds be that Ryan Clark? That's yes. scary. That's scary. Think, that scares no, no, the daylights out of me. His awareness will have to increase. But Ryan Clark was a stabilizer and a hitter. And, and I think if you ask Edmonds to be where he's supposed to be, I think he can be that guy. I, I still think with his physical ability, I think Terrell Edmonds is, is going to be a tremendous player. I still have a lot of confidence with his ability and his physical ability and what he brings to the table. So I think he can be that guy. Man, but Edmonds moving moving back in, in coverage is, is bad. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> if, if you're saying, can you move north, play the line of scrimmage, tackle the ball, he's he's pretty good at that. You ask him to play center field. We saw that in Arizona. You remember that? Yes, I the do. Interception, the interception that he jumped too early or missed. Yeah, yeah, he missed time to jump. He was in position. It, it, he jumped too early and it went over his head. He like clearly it was, it never. He clearly never played baseball in his entire life. Ne never, 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 never. And I've always wondered that, Jeff. <laughs> it, that's always been a mystery to me. You know how sports cross train, like basketball and soccer mm -hmm. cross train. You know, you have sports. Yeah. And I've always said that quarterbacks should be pitchers or they should play outfield because or they should play baseball to learn proper throwing mechanics. Um, and secondary guys, corners and safety should play outfield 
So they learn how to track a ball in air, in space, and run. Because one of the bad things about coverage in the National Football League is these guys get scared when the ball's in the air. And they just get discombobulated, lose technique, reach, and grab, and commit PIs consistently. Go play center field or just go look at Andrew Jones, outstanding, former outstanding outfielder for the Atlanta Braves who could track a baseball probably better than anyone I've ever seen in my life. Even as simple as you see this across the board, this isn't just Trell Edmonds, not knowing like head positioning and body positioning when the ball's in the air. You yes. see defensive backs all the time turning the wrong way, and then they can't get their head back around. When in reality, if you're running up the right sideline, you should never have your head turned to the right. It's incredible that maybe they should start cross training. I know that they do practice deep passes, but tracking a ball in center field where you have to turn one way or the other is is a good way of doing that. So, I mean, I look at Minka Fitzpatrick and think that really – what he did in the second half of 2019 is kind of like the, wouldn't you say that's kind of like the basement? That's kind of like the floor. He wasn't getting the football as much as he was when he first came to the team in week three, but he was still doing his job and not giving up the deep ball. Will you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So um, then the question is, what's the ceiling? That's going to be interesting. I mean, the ceiling, we won't see that until, He's asked to do a variety of things and asked to impact the game in a variety of ways. But that floor is really good. Yeah. I mean, that, that yeah, floor, that's, that, that's I mean, that, that floor, that, that floor <laughs> is really good. And Jeff, man, I, I'm ashamed. I'm, I, I, I hate you missed it, Jeff. You guys are on YouTube. Jeff is a huge pins fan and Jeff did not recognize. I that saw I have a, we logged out. I, didn't, man, didn't say anything. I have, I have the 2016. Because I, I, you know, I look at an NHL uh, standings every once in a while, and I see that the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing very well this season. See, that's why I didn't say anything because you're not a fan of the Penguins. You look I'm at the standings. I'm a fan of Pittsburgh. You're a fan. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of Pittsburgh. I gotta rip my home. You're a fan of Pittsburgh that also roots for the San Francisco Giants and all in the L.A. Lakers. Is it? Come yeah, on, but I, come I have on. Good, I have good reasons for those, though. I know. I'm not saying you don't, but uh, to me, it's like, you know, the Penguins, did they win last night? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> they, they played. Lost, they lost two to one in overtime to the They Lakers. played Tampa so Bay. Know that. They? Yes, they did. They, they played lost Tampa Bay. And you Tampa right. Bay is really good, too, right? Absolutely. Those they're are number one in the, they're in the, the number East. one in the Eastern. See? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Tampa Bay or Boston. They've been jockeying for a position the last few days. Yeah, Tampa Bay choked last year, didn't they, in the first round and got swept, didn't they? They weren't they really good last year and got swept by like the eighth seed. Ah, uh, see the NHL man. Once the pens are done and they got swept in the first round, I'm done. Like I don't okay. watch it anymore. <laughs> I know who won the Stanley Cup, but that's the St. Louis Blues beat Boston, but um, that's about it. So, I kudos to wearing the hat. I don't even own that hat. I just get hockey sweaters so there was some news recently lance it wasn't based around Minka fitzpatrick and it wasn't really based around the steelers but i want to get your input and let's start off with one mr miles garrett reinstated by the nfl today and i was kind of surprised that it came this early i, I didn't think they would do this until i don't know maybe closer to free a the mini new league camp. year mini camps yeah. like that yeah when he would actually have to report but the NFL is getting it out of the way, I guess. And so 
What are your thoughts on Miles Garrett coming back? How do you think, because let's be honest, when I think about this, now I'm in Vontez perfect mode. And Vontez perfect mode was, is this guy, what's he going to do when he plays Pittsburgh? Because you always knew that perfect was going to try to hurt someone, period. He was right, going to try right. to hurt someone. And it scared me to death because the last thing you would want is Ben Roethlisberger to get hurt or at the time, Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown. And so is Miles Garrett entering that realm where Steeler fans should say, oh my gosh, this guy's going to go off and he's going to try to use Mason Rudolph as a human pinata with his own helmet again. I mean, no, <laughs> no, I don't think he's that guy. Perfect. We talked about it at the top uh, or off air. Perfect was a repeat offender. I mean, Burfick is the three-strike guy, get life sentence guy. Three I mean, strikes. That, he had like 20 I mean, strikes. He had like 20 <laughs> strikes. That's why Burfick will never be allowed to play in the National Football League again. Um, Burfick is definitely worse. I think Garrett's a young player that lost his head in the moment and didn't react the way that he should have. I think he kind of owned it a little bit better than Burfick did. And, you know, Burfick committed that act last year for the Raiders and got suspended indefinitely. So, Burfick is, you know, he's that serial simpleton. I mean, he's just he's just a simpleton. I mean, you can't. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. And the NFL had to take his livelihood. I, so I wouldn't put Miles Garrett, you know, in, in that uh, in that same light as Vontez. Vontez is his own type of crazy. Like he he he's his own crazy guy. Okay, let, let's. I'm ask you a question about this incident. The over under is set at two years. Two seasons, we'll put it that way. Two seasons, four games between the Browns and Steelers in the regular season until they stop showing clips of Miles Garrett hitting Mason Rudolph in the head before or during a football game between the two teams. You think it's over or under? How many seasons? Two? Two, so four overall games. You mean for his suspension? No. No, 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 no. I'm saying... This is like I know Reed in the live chat said the NFL just wants this to go away. I'm it's not going to go away. Sorry, it's not I'm going away. Slowly. It's okay. It's not going to go away because every time these two teams play and Miles Garrett's on the field, you're gonna it's going to be brought up. So my question for you is: two years will they? In two years will they still be talking about this, or is this something that after maybe the first game or even the first year next year after 2020 that they say? They don't bring it up again because it's. I'm gonna give it. Five, I'm gonna give it five years. Wow, I'm. I'm, and it's not gonna be just because it's Steelers and, and Browns, you know, because he had some issues with hitting guys late. Like he had some really questionable plays before that game. That's true. Where he knocked some people out, and I, I liken it to Carson Palmer when Carson. Yeah, there was a time when Carson Palmer threw a ton of pick sixes, right? There was like an interception reel for Carson Palmer. So anytime Carson Palmer threw a pick six or threw an interception, they would show like the seven that he threw in the last five seasons. They're going to do the same thing with Garrett. Anytime he plays on the edge and knocks somebody out, they're going to show him swinging a helmet. That's a good point. It's going to come up. So unless he stops tattooing people and playing football and being an absolute monster like he is, Oh, it's going to come up. And it's going to come up every Steeler game, just like it did with Burfitt. You know what's crazy is that it's 2020. And in the 2019 season, when the Steelers played the Bengals, it still gets brought up, not perfect, 
Nikimo Van Olhoffen hit on Carson Palmer. When you say Carson really? Palmer, that's a I've seen games where they still roll that footage. Second play of the game, big completion down the sideline to I think Chris Henry. And they look back and Palmer is writhing in pain. And Kimo Van Olhoffen standing over top of him like I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know, Bungles fans hate Steeler fans even more because of it. Because Here's, Go ahead, go ahead. According to all of them, it was intentional, but clearly it wasn't. No, well, I don't, I, whatever. To me, I have two, two trivia questions for you about that play. Uh-oh. Let's see if you can, let's see if you can get them. These are pretty easy. Uh, the preview guys, I feel like, would get them right away. First question is, what number was Kima Von, Von Olhoven? I'll say 66. Close, 67. Now, who was the backup quarterback that came in for Carson Palmer to finish oh, the game? Oh, John Kitna. There you go. You got John, it, yeah, because John Kitna was kind of was hot. Actually, he got a, he had a little hot streak before Palmer was the quarterback. He was pretty, yeah, yeah Kitna, yeah, yeah, Kitna was a serial backup. Well, he actually got a shot. Well, he but he went to Dallas for a little bit. Yeah, he went to Dallas, yeah, and he he bounced around. He bounced around. See, they still bring that up. They still bring that play up, and it's been since two thousand and five. So Miles Garrett's back. Good for Miles Garrett, I guess. The Browns fans. You're still Browns fans. Keep that, keep that going. Um, but those other news, Antonio Brown finding <laughs> his way back onto our show. Now I got to be honest. Lance sent me the text, and it was a screenshot of the Instagram post, and he said, "I want to talk about this." So before anyone gets all angry in the live chat and says, this, "Why me. are you all talking about it?" You can blame Sir Lancelot over there. Lance, go ahead and give those that don't have social media that don't follow Antonio Brown that aren't allowed to follow Antonio Brown due to being blocked. What was the gist of Antonio Brown's latest post? Well, I'm, I'm reading it here. Uh, well, actually I'm not reading it cause I'm not saying it. So I wouldn't be reading it. The gist of his post is he was trying to mend fences with Ben Roethlisberger saying he didn't realize how good he had it playing with Ben Roethlisberger. So that that was the gist of it. And the headline on ESPN is Antonio Brown directs the latest apology at Ben Roethlisberger. Clearly, he is trying to mend fences. The question is, why is he trying to mend fences? You're not. Are you suggesting he wants to come back to Pittsburgh? No, not come okay. back to Pittsburgh. Okay. He's trying to mend fences to come back to the National Football League. Uh, and I have my thoughts of why um, I think he is. Because, you know, I'm, I like to use his name, his initials, A.B., to do different things with, like, absolutely bonkers. But I want to use the A.B. for it probably means almost broke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or <laughs> like like either or i like almost broke better. Like almost broke man you think his lifestyle is cheap i mean no. if you're throwing if you're throwing gummy richards at people your your lifestyle is not cheap because you're gonna have to Oh, you're gonna have to pay in that situation. He's almost broke. I, 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 I would, I would, I would argue that he's probably almost broke 
And unless he's going to be fighting Logan Paul anytime soon, I think somebody told him fall on uh, a whole box of swords to, to get back in the league. And you need to be at uh, New York. Uh, you need to be trying to make amends with everyone. I mean, he has to show that he's sane. Because I think the thing about you know him trying to come back to the league, Mr. Third and Fifth, Mr. Gummy Richards, Mr. Almost Broke, he's old. He's old. And he's been out of football for quite some time. And this is arguably the deepest wide receiver class in, in, in years. And so you get replaced regardless of who you are. No, you're right. And um, something that I want to say is Felicia. Yeah, she says the uh, the shrink that he is court ordered to see must have him. Maybe this is part of that. I mean, people forget that when he was arrested, the court system down in Florida said that you have to go and get mental mentally evaluated and you have to go and meet with ex doctor, whatever. Um, maybe this is part of that. But I'm going to go a little bit. I'm going to go a step further and kind of take this away from Antonio Brown. And low key blunt puts a dollar ninety nine in the tip jar and says, sorry about that. Business is no longer booming for AB. No, not right now. It's not. I mean, he's trying to resurrect or not resurrect because he had to have one to resurrect. He's trying to start a rap career um i'm not listening to that um i think lance has that on his no lance on his uh on bell antonio brown you you cut the killer bees playlist probably on your spotify which has the greatest hits of both probably no 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 well but here's here's the thing i i read that i read his post and the one thing i couldn't think it couldn't stop thinking about it. It has nothing to do with Antonio Brown. You think Steeler fans in general might take Ben Roethlisberger in terms of his talent on the field for granted a little bit? I yeah, think they absolutely. do. I think, I think they do. Absolutely. I think they do. He's, uh, yeah, he's a sure. really good quarterback. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Now, the question is, will he be one when he returns? Yeah, oh, that, that's, that's, the, that's the $5 million. Well, actually, that's the $23 million question <laughs> in 2020 is exactly, you know, what will he be like when he comes back? But I think if you look at the past, a lot of people are always bashing Ben, and we've done our fair share of that on this show. Lance likes to do it on a weekly basis, and he's going to get ready to do it here in the next segment. Um, but... <laughs> Maybe he's not broke. His money's tied up in Central Michigan side. That's funny, um, but at the same time, I look at Ben and and you know Antonio Brown saying, "I didn't realize how good I had it." And I think Steeler fans, if they learned anything um, from 2019, is that you don't realize how good you had it. Sure, the guy would throw five interceptions in a game, a la 2017 Week Five against Jacksonville. He would also throw for 400 yards and light up teams. Like I'll never forget the game against the Panthers on Thursday night football or the Colts on Sunday night football where hackers. Yeah. I mean, these games where he just is out of his mind. And I think that we take it for granted. I absolutely think we're taking it for granted. And um, I hope that he can come back and I hope that he's good and a solid player for the next two years before he retires. But at the same time, I think we all just, I, I I just, when I read that, I didn't even think about Antonio Brown. I was like, man, we all take Big Ben for granted a little bit because he is really good. Can he be a, a jerk off the field, especially on the radio show? No doubt. Yes, he can be. But at the same time, when it comes to throwing a football, he's still pretty darn good, at least before the injury. Am I right, Lance? You going to agree yeah, with that? You, or? You, you, yeah, you never, you never, we might take Ben for granted. You don't. 
you know, that might be your nickname, Seven Sevens. <laughs> <laughs> seven Sevens. Is it seven or is it more than seven? What? Jerseys? Jerseys. Yeah. I, I'm calling you Seven Sevens. I, Let's see I thought it was like well, about we can, seven. We can do this mental count real quick. Um, I have a home authentic Ben. I have a new Nike home Ben. I have a white replica Ben. Uh, old throwback Ben, and I also have a new throwback Ben, the color rush. So I think just five. I think just five. Five oh, sevens. Old throwback Ben. That might yes. be. I might be. I don't have. I don't have Bumblebee Ben. That's a lot of bees. So Grayson <laughs> Brown puts four ninety. He puts four ninety nine in the tip. He said, "What's up, guys? I think number thirty nine, Minka Fitzpatrick, is a baller, but the defense is a few pieces away from dominant." Need to replace Bud and add one more inside linebacker. I got to be honest. I'll say this right now. You might disagree. I don't think they're getting rid of Mark Barron anytime soon. Period. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Land. Yeah, it's going to be. I don't think so either. I think they're going to try to keep the pieces all intact. And to Grayson's point, dominant defense just, I don't know how old Grayson is, but dominant defense just doesn't look like it used to. It's just so hard to play defense now. Uh, the way the rules are, the way teams spread you out. You know, even when you're dominant defensively, it doesn't feel like it used to. It doesn't feel like early 2000s uh, when you can absolutely murder a team. It doesn't feel like that Steeler team that won in 08 where they were absolutely dominant on defense. I mean, they were just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it was a point at one time they only gave up, I believe, two pass plays over 40 yards in a 16-game season. I mean, that's dominance, right? It just feels very different when it comes to how dominant defense looks. They're about as close as you can to being really dominant. Um, it just won't look the same. But you just need to keep the score to a point where you can beat teams by average 10 points you know eight to 10 points and that'll work i uh, there's a lot of people in the live chat that are telling me baron's gone and if he was if he was cut i wouldn't be stunned because it would save this the team cap space and i understand that that's a very valuable piece of this puzzle entering the 2020 offseason but at the same time he played a lot of snaps in 2019 and he's a guy that you're gonna have to replace and you have to replace those snaps. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going on. Felicia says old throwback Ben will be a single on Bell and AB's next CD. <laughs> <laughs> the bitter brothers. 
Oh my gosh. That's the triple B's there. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see exactly um, what they'll do in terms of players like Barron. But, you know, when it comes to inside linebacker, if they keep him, I don't think they need to target an inside linebacker early in the draft or anything like that. If, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Now, let's get into a topic I really want to talk with you. And that was none other than the topic that Mr. Brian Anthony Davis had last Saturday on his burning question. Now, his burning question. Now, for those that don't know, Lance on social media, Instagram, Facebook, I send him the images, the thumbnail images that I put on our YouTube channel, and he then puts them out on his channels just to try to promote the show. And so he didn't know what Brian was going to be talking about on his show until he got the image via text from me. And immediately he says, that's too easy. And I said, yeah, right. Ben or Bradshaw. That was the question. Ben or Bradshaw. Who do you got? Ben or Bradshaw? Big Ben or the blonde bomber? He said, that's it. He said, that's easy. And I was like, I know it is. Ben Roethlisberger is the answer. And he goes, no, it's Bradshaw. I said, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so let's get, let's get down to business here. Talking about this legendary debate and it's never going to be settled. And I'm going to try to be as, down the middle as I can be. But here you have Lance Williams, who is older than I am, who grew up, I, you would say, what, tail of the Bradshaw era? I mean... I mean, I was young. I mean, I lived you were through young. the whole one, but I don't, you know... I mean, I remember, like... I, I mean, I was alive, but I remember, like, Bradshaw go secretly, repair his elbow, come back, and he can't throw Bradshaw. Like, I remember that Bradshaw right. as well. yeah. But I remember probably the end of the era Bradshaw more than the early. So when he was throwing bombs to Swan and Stallworth and um, winning the Super Bowl out in L.A. So I remember that yeah. that Bradshaw more. Okay. And obviously I've been uh, a Big Ben guy my entire fanhood since he was drafted in 04. So Lance, go ahead and give your sales pitch as for why you think Terry Bradshaw I know what you're going to say, and it's going to be every single old Steeler fans crutch for this debate. Go ahead and say it. Yeah, mine is just easy. You know, in mathematics, four <laughs> is greater than two. <laughs> so, and when it all comes down to it, it's just about winning. You know, I don't care about the era. I don't care about any, like, four is greater than two, period. That's why Bradshaw well, is the greatest Steeler quarterback. Well, the era matters on both sides of this, not just for Ben. I mean, you think about Terry Bradshaw called his own plays. Okay. Yes. There's no coordinator in his ear telling him what to do and what protections and all that stuff. The dude was tough. I mean, he was getting killed, literally killed almost on a weekly basis. And someone said it earlier in the live chat. They said, if Ben played in that area, he'd be hurt every week, which is a possibility. Um, with that said, you cannot, you cannot at all, debate the Super Bowls because that's like you said, simple mathematics, four beats two. However, the one thing about Ben is not only does he have the statistics and if Terry Bradshaw, he, he was if he was one thing, he was a big game player. He played best on the biggest stage. The defense might've gotten him there, but when he got there, he took advantage of every opportunity outside of that. The guy was, I don't even know how to say this without like pissing he people want, off. He wants to say he was average. 
Yes, because if you look at his statistics, if you take away he, he, he won, four he Super won. Bowl wins, and I hate to say that because four Super Bowls are four Super Bowls. Uh, there's only a handful of players that can say that. But, I mean, my gosh, the guy was benched at one time by Chuck Knoll. Benched. Yes. I mean, think about that. I mean, I'm not saying that – I'm not de- getting – the four Super Bowls and saying that they don't matter, that they don't mean a lot. Trust me, they mean the most. That's what everybody was benched at one point in his career. I think for Hanratty and Gillum at different occasions. I mean, think about that. Ben was never benched. Ben, I mean, I think the, I mean, come on. I think the argument would be better had he beat, had they beaten the Green Bay Packers and he had three comparing to it four. It still wouldn't matter because you would still say four is greater than three. But I think the argument could be easier because, I mean, the four is just – I mean, Terry was outstanding. I mean, Terry was an outstanding player. The stats are going to be warped and distorted because the era and the game is different. Um, you know, right now, I mean, Jameis Winston threw for 5,000 touch uh, 5,000 yards. Funny thing about Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston got eye corrections – surgery this week (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious because he threw 30 interceptions and so he got eye correction surgery but i mean yards these days in the passing game are so easy to get it's about winning i mean it's just about winning i mean that team was dominant largely because of the defense running game but also because of terry bradshaw I mean, they were dominant. I mean, he was the blonde bomber. They won a bunch okay. of games, won a Super so, Bowls. I mean, it's, that, that's what it's about. It just boils down to winning. That's all you're ever going to say. I understand. So you would say that Bradshaw over Marino? Uh, Come on now. This is exactly what you just said, that Super Bowls mean everything. You're saying that he's better than Dan Marino. Well, yeah. He didn't, he's, yeah, he won I'll more games. get out of yes, here. You yes, are nuts. Yes. Yes. If we're talking about actual quarterback play, but I think there's actual no quarterback way. Play, Dan Marino's better. one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever but I think walk on this planet. Quarterback play, he's better than Ben as well. Like I don't think Ben's a better player either, and not a better winner. You don't think he's more talented at the quarterback position in terms of throwing the ball, manipulating the pocket, extending plays, and all that stuff? Well, ben, Terry's arm was absolutely better. He he I had mean, a rocket. He I had mean, a Terry's physical. I mean, physically, Terry was probably better. Actually, I mean, f- I mean, physically, Terry was off the charts, um, especially well, with his arm strength and his ability to move. I mean, Terry physically was really good. Well, um, you watched him act at the reception. You know, he can escape the pocket. But let's not let's not decrease Ben Roethlisberger's athleticism and his arm strength too, because he had a pretty strong arm too before his elbow blew out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, this isn't to dig Ben. It's no, just, I, in, I know in, I'm in, not. No, it's know, not. Absolutely. It's, Terry's the guy. I mean, Terry's the guy. I mean, Terry's on the Mount Rushmore of, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, hey, let's go, let, let's go a different way. Let me ask you another question. Montana or Bradshaw? Montana. I don't get but you, Mont- dude. I don't Montana- get you at all. I'm but trying Montana to figure has four. out what you- but Montana has four rings. I know, but I'm trying to figure out how you're creating these tears in your brain about yes, this, because that, and the other. Like I don't get it. I don't understand the, what the you're four saying. Four Super Bowls. I mean, if I mean you asked me the comparison, I mean right. Montana, I think, was a better player. Um, they both have four rings, they're both ultimate winners. Right. 
Uh, but I think Montana is arguably the best quarterback to ever play. Okay, so you're t- what about Tom Brady? Brady over all of them? He has more. I think Montana was better than Brady. Is better than Brady because at the highest stage, Montana performed better than Brady. But Brady has more rings. Brady has more rings, but I think in you're, the- you're I can't talk about this anymore with you. You're. <laughs> You are just going all over the place with rings. Like for Ben, it's four and two. Four is you can't have this debate because four is greater than two. So then you bring up Montana, four and four, and then you bring up Brady, and you say, "Well, no, I would still take the four, even though he has more." Like, what are you talking about? But also, but as a player, I think Bradshaw was better than Ben, and he has more championships. Uh, Montana and Brady. I think Brady, I think Montana is better because in the highest of heights, Montana performed better than Brady did in those Super Bowls. I think Montana performed better. Montana has Montana what, also MVPs? had Jerry Rice. He still got to throw it to him. Did <laughs> not Brady have the on branch? I mean, he still got to throw it to him. I mean, you still have to throw it to him. So Montana has what, three MVPs in the Super Bowl, I think? Um, I think that maybe at least two, because there's a, there's a short list of players that have had two Super Bowl MVPs in their career. I know he's one of those. He is one uh, of them. And Bradshaw is another, I think. Right. I think so. But I think this is the most apropos <laughs> statement. Duck will eventually outshine them all. Ollie Howard species five, six, one, eight. You're absolutely correct. And that's funny. But here's my last question. Like, can you please, like you said that even without the Super Bowls, you think that Bradshaw was a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. I think this is a situation where you are not appreciating Ben Roethlisberger. Like we just talked about before we mentioned all this stuff, because how do you explain Chuck Noll benching him? Because he, and basically telling him more than once that he didn't like him as a quarterback. Didn't think he was any good. He had a bad patch. Get a bad patch. <laughs> I can't have this conversation. I really can't. He, can have people in the live chat are listening in audio. I hope you understand. I'm trying to have an open mind here. I'm trying to get a feel for what Lance is thinking and his justification for this, <laughs> that, and the other. And he is just you're you just think, not. You think Tomlin there. would you think Tomlin would ever bench Ben? Tomlin doesn't criticize Ben in press conferences. Tomlin has never said anything bad about Ben ever, even when think, Ben was playing bad. Okay, so you you thought that Chuck Knoll was going to bench his Super Bowl winning quarterback? He did, though. Because <laughs> he had the stones to do it. And he demanded excellence. <laughs> and that's why the Steelers have four championships. Maybe if Ben would get benched <laughs> for throwing red zone turnovers and picks, that maybe, just maybe, obviously, just maybe. <laughs> Justin Rock says, how many turnovers has Ben had the last two years? Well, this past year, I don't know how many he only played in two games. If you're talking about turnovers, look at Terry Bradshaw's numbers. Honestly, a, if you, if, if you look at his... Slinger. <laughs> That's that's what you hate about Ben. That's exactly what you hate about Ben. Every season you say you hate him because of that. He's a gunslinger, baby. If you look at Terry, I'll never forget, I went to a fraternity brother's wedding, and he's a big Steeler fan, and he reads the website all the time, and he had his table uh, reservations where you sat were based off Steelers 
and they had all their career statistics. Well, we sat at the Terry Bradshaw table. I looked wow. at those stats and said, man, if you take – and I'm not down, not downplaying the Super Bowls, but if you were to just put your hand over the Super Bowl wins, I did this to my brother, said, Jay, is this guy in the Hall of Fame? He laughed. He said, hell no, he's not in the Hall of Fame because his stats weren't that great. He turned the ball over a ton, a ton in his career, and that's why he was benched by Chuck Knoll. Yes, well, four is greater than two. <laughs> Here we go again, <laughs> but not with Brady in Montana because that then math doesn't matter anymore. So, okay. <laughs> well, well, but you made my argument. What? So if so, if I'm consistent and say Brady is better than no, so, no, okay, no, I'll no, just say on. Brady is better than Montana because six is greater than four. So if I stick with that, then four is greater I, than I two. I started so this Bradshaw whole debate. I started this whole debate with. The fact that you can never argue the Super Bowl championships ever because that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate in the sport. So we can have this discussion about who is the better thrower of the ball and who is the more better athlete. But no, you can never beat that debate ever. And so oh, wow. we're just trying to have a friendly conversation without, you know, trying to work our way through this little maze. And you're making it more difficult with your criteria, which Lord knows what that is. So. I didn't know that Terry. Did you know that Terry Bradshaw won the MVP, the league MVP? Yes, I didn't know that. Hey, there we go. That tips it. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Paxton Bradshaw. There you go. Well, I hope fans out there, um, you know, I hope they did a good. They they got absolutely nothing out of this debate because we are right back to square one. Wow, and no one's learned anything. Wow, he threw two hundred and ten interceptions. That's not as bad as Brett Favre, though. I'm sure. <laughs> Favre seriously, Favre all the stuff that you hated, all this. Let, let me put it this way: in my opinion, all the stuff that you hate about Ben. You would probably say the same thing about Terry Bradshaw if we had him at the quarterback and we were doing podcasts about it. You know how many interceptions Brett Favre threw? Well, how many did Bradshaw throw? 212. And Favre was more than that? Favre threw 336 interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Holy cow. But he also threw Jeez. for almost 7,200 yards, uh, 72,000 yards, excuse me, and over 500 touchdowns. So... I mean, I guess you take the good with the bad. And he had 186 quarterback, well, 186 wins, whatever, however you, you do that stuff. Uh, yeah, man, three, wow. I mean, the the, the thing that makes Terry Bradshaw, you know, I, the, the stat that counts the most with Terry Bradshaw is that, you know, they were 107 and 51 and they won 54 Super Bowls. I mean, they won a ton of games. I mean, they, they won a really ton of good defense. Hey, it had takes a legendary defense. You know, it takes no that. salary, no salary cap. The hey, man, dynasties could win. last decades because there was no salary cap. But you notice, though, there was only team. There was only one team that was the dynasty, and that was the team that he was the quarterback of. So, well, some would say that the Cowboys had a pretty good dynasty at the same time. I wouldn't because the Steelers again for they beat them. I, I I understand that. I understand that. But I'm just saying, in that era, if we're gonna, you know, could Ben play in that era? I don't know. But at the same time, it, would you take that team? And now they wouldn't be able to keep all those players together. Think about think about the free agent 
list of when mean Joe green's contract comes up and Mel blunt hits the free agent market because they can't afford him because there's a salary cap, you know, and think about that. Well, you know, think about it, the saying, if, if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. So <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Jeff makes a good point. Lance just tries to block it away, block it away. And he didn't say that. No. <laughs> Hey man, you know, I don't want to say I don't want to say the other one about my, you know, my aunt and uncle. Uh, you know, I can't keep it the show clean. Yeah, all right. All right, Lance, you have some programming information for everyone out there, right? About the Friday show. Your yeah, I said it. When's that going to be on YouTube? Yes, I believe that I am going to do the yeah, I said it on Thursday evening because of Valentine's Day. So in order for me to continue to do this show, I need to clear my slate for Friday. There you go. Clear the slate. Now for audio listeners, if you're listening on podcast, make sure that you don't know that his show will not be on podcast form until the normal schedule time, which will be on, I guess, Saturday morning. Maybe, maybe I'll publish it Friday afternoon. We'll see Friday evening. Uh, but yeah, just that's just a YouTube adjustment there. And then everything else will flow as usual tomorrow night, Thursday. Uh, you can check myself, Brian Anthony Davis, and Dave Schofield out for the Steelers preview. We'll do two shows as normal. And then Lance will do his show late. He said evening. That's West Coast evening. So it's real late for the East Coast viewers. And uh, we'll be fine. So what do you have up on the screen there, Lance? George says, I've heard Bradshaw say in an interview that he would not make it in today's NFL because it took him a while to get going. Now, I agree with that because there's no patience for young quarterbacks now. You you got you got to get rolling. And in that era, and, you know, if you're as old as I, in that era, you know, the, the general philosophy was a, a guy sits for five years, right? It was, you know, a guy sits for a while behind the starter and then he plays because mentally – what was required to play the position because you had to call your own plays and really have a feel for the game, call your own plays. I mean, you weren't, you didn't have a guy, you know, you know, calling plays for you. Look, I mean, studying, you know, you didn't have, it was different. You really had to have, you had to be really cerebrally connected to how you wanted to flow of the game offense. You had to be kind of nuanced. I mean, you were your own coordinator on the field. And so can you imagine some of these guys trying to call their own plays in the NFL? They, they, they just they're bad now with coordinators calling their plays and trying to spoon feed them and they can't play. So I agree with that statement that Brad would not have had the level of patience around his play would not have been there um, had he played currently. Um, you know, you got to get started quicker or they're trying to draft your replacement. Well, you're right. You're right. So, hey, make sure everyone checks out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Make sure you check out all of our podcasts, not just ours, but everything that we offer on this podcast platform. If you watch on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the videos, and uh, set up your notifications so that you never miss a show on our audio platforms. Follow the show and absolutely give us a good review if you're on iTunes. We really appreciate that. Lance, why don't you go ahead and send us out? As always, tune in. Tell a friend and subscribe. Amen. Enjoy your weekend, Lance, and I will see you next Wednesday on another Steelers. I'm sorry, the standard is the standard. We'll see ya.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.